When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to preview Saturday afternoon's trip to Shrewsbury Town, home of many happy memories for some of our older listeners, myself included. Um, This is a very different kind of preview show to normal as our planned guest unfortunately was called up to international duty at the last minute. So I've drafted in Charles Commons to talk all things Cobblers and Shrewsbury. How are you, Charles? Hello, Danny. Uh, I am well. I have uh, got my salop t-shirt and (laughs) I am ready to reminisce about Joe Hart because that's the the only former Shrewsbury Town player that comes straight to my mind. Marvin Morgan. Oh, yes. Good one. Good one. It's a That's about it, though. Yeah, this this is the kind of nonsense you're going to get for the next half an hour. <laughs> so unfortunately, <laughs> this is what happens when we when a guest sadly has to cancel quite late on. But Charles, you're, you're not going to pretend to be a Shrewsbury fan, are you? No, but we no, when, we did plan on getting Ashley Hoskins in, but he was busy as well. Um, Charles is very grateful about that. But um, <laughs> what we're going to do, we'll have a chat about Tuesday night's win over Reading's. What a, what a great night under the lights at Sixfields that was. And then we'll talk all things Shrewsbury after the break, I think. Mm. So um, a lot to talk about from Tuesday night. Firstly, uh, Charles, you watched on iFollow. I was watching mm. inside the ground in the West Stand under the lights at Sixfields. First thing that I noticed really was the buzz about the place probably made bigger and better by the fact that the away end was full and that is making such a difference at the minute in terms of every every game I think a, a year ago that's probably the attendance is about four and a half thousand like yeah. from our end but also from mm. the likes of Harrogate and Barrow who turn up on a Tuesday night with two men and a dog um, but just the, the general atmosphere around six fields I thought going into the grounds the, the night games are always a bit more special anyway but sometimes in the past you go in and it's it's just morose and it's it's so difficult to get up for the game but on Tuesday night I just thought it was fantastic from from the start there was there was a real buzz about it and the win on Saturday obviously helps but really good feeling about actually going in to watch the games at the minute and even a bit of atmosphere going on from the start from the north and the west end it was it was really really good to see and to hear so that, yeah. that was my first thing I think I saw a tweet from the club saying that it was the highest Tuesday night attendance since mm. 2004 Four? I mean, that's yeah. a long, long time ago. It's a isn't long it? time ago. Did they say what game that was? Or? Uh, I think as where would we have been? That would have been a League Two game, right? Yeah, I would have thought. Calderwood, the first Calderwood era. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, that goes back to how League Two. Well, the, the whole of the EFL back then was a lot less uh, tin potty. Yes, so, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> therefore, it was probably against the side that actually has some supporters. Um, so yeah, I, good effort is what I will say immediately is that fantastic to get us, um, you know, 
I know it wasn't a full six fields, namely because I wasn't there. Um, therefore, it couldn't have been full because my season ticket seat was empty. But um, <laughs> don't know where I was going with that. Sorry, because <laughs> you uh, you're not there. No one's turning up. There can't be. Can't yeah, be there. that was it's it. Not, it's not completely. Not going full. if Charles isn't going. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. don't go. No, obviously not. Um, but yeah, really good to see that. I, 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 the elephant in the room here is that obviously Reading sold out the away end, right? So that's a good. Yeah. 1213 1400 potentially i think um mm-hmm. we we can go up to um so that obviously stem but also it's the fact that reading are a you know are perceived as being a big club i mean essentially because of the fact that they've been in the premier league in our lifetime and um they've got a big stadium um that was state of the art when it was first built uh, etc so there's a bit of a you know, a, a mind game type thing when it comes to like, because it's perceived as a big game, you want to go to the, see us play the supposed big teams. Mm-hmm. So therefore it draws more of a crowd in, mm. even though it's a Tuesday night. And um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest, Danny. I um, didn't have the volume up that high on my TV um, while the game was on baby in the house is the reason for that so um it didn't i can't say oh yes it came across on the iFollow or on the mm-hmm. radio because i just simply couldn't hear it um but not because it wasn't there just simply because my tv was turned down so low but um yeah a fantastic night though for all of the fans that were there to watch it maybe not if you're a reading fan <laughs> or indeed a goalkeeper <laughs> Um, but I think for the majority in the stadium, it was a, it was a pretty good game to be there to watch. It was, it was one of those that the first half I thought Reading were just all over the place. There was a tiny, tiny part of me that felt a little bit sorry for them at some points Uh, (laughs) until we started putting the ball in the net Um, because their, their backline in particular and their midfield was just non-existent. They had one player in there in Charlie Savage, who had that little bit of quality about him. The the lone striker, I won't try and pronounce his name at the moment, uh, but he he was doing all right, showing some good touches, standing in front of Lee Burge every two minutes, um, but looked like he could do something. But their sort of middle, their, their centre was so soft and we were just passing it through him. And some of the football we were playing around them was incredible. Like we, You can't take that away from us, I don't think, despite them being quite poor at the back. Some of the touch and move, passes and some of the moves that led to the goals everything like that was something that we haven't seen for a long time again we're building on the stuff that we're doing already and it's only been seen in fits and and starts at the moment under Brady but it's starting to become a little bit more regular and some of the stuff is majestic some of the play that we that we put together and Mm. some of the moves and the chances we put together was was superb and 2 nil up at half time it's just it was one of those that looked like it could have been 3 or 4 or 5 by the end if they'd have carried on playing like that but i just think we when we sometimes do do this we kind of not sit back but we start to allow the other team to dictate play a little bit more and when they when reading ironically when they stopped playing it out from the back and when they started launching it forward a bit more we started to panic and we start they start to get back into the game just by just by putting the ball up there um, it well, was when they were trying to pass out from the back and pass and move and, and everything. They were just coming and stuck because their passing was awful and they couldn't yeah. do it. Um, the moment they started actually throwing players up there and throwing numbers up there, they started to make us panic. And obviously the, the goal that they got back, 
starts yeah. to set that little bit of nerves out. Well, I think I think it was because uh, first of all, I don't think that any team can go through a whole ninety minute, well, hundred minute game as they are now without having at least a, a, a spell where they are in the game or on top, maybe, mm-hmm. um, for for a period of time. And essentially, the first 20 minutes, we just blew them out of the water. Yeah. It was just non-stop aggression, really, from us. And I, I was really worried at one point that we were going to come to rue the fact that we weren't putting them to bed. And even when we went 2-0 up at half-time, you know... The whistle got you. I, I did think to myself, we all know 2 0 is a notoriously <laughs> yeah, difficult little, lead to defend. The little voice of so, Keith comes out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. You can't help it, I don't think. But I mean, if we'd have come, you know, I, I do think that half time maybe came at a good time for Reading and a poor time for us. If it mm-hmm. had been a little bit, you know, if the game had gone on for another 10 minutes, then I think we would have probably got the third and that would have been it. Now, obviously, half-time has to come where it does. But Reading, obviously, then, you know, their manager, Sellers, gets the opportunity to essentially give them a massive bollocking and to get them to come out and to actually, you know, start playing for the shirt and, 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 and just trying. And I'm not suggesting that they weren't in the first half or at the start of the first half, but you know, they come out with a bit more of fire in their belly. And I think both managers, so Reddings and John Brady, acknowledge the fact that their formation, Reddings' formation, was it 4 2 2 yeah. Only really came into the fore once they started, you know, basically bypassing our press by going long. Because mm-hmm. essentially, in possession, they end up with four strikers. That's how they work. And that's how they've actually... Um, you know, done done well in the games where they have picked up points is because of the fact that essentially they're overloading the top end of the pitch, which is great when they've got the ball and they're not being allowed to, you know, or, or you know, they're not allowing the opposition to basically force them to make mistakes, which is what we were doing so brilliantly in the first half and eventually right at the end of the game as well when we then go on and, and you know, put the game to bed i mean we all would have liked that to have happened a little bit earlier of course but um in a way it's it, it's a nicer feeling to do it in, the, mm. in at the death isn't it yeah um yeah uh, and it's I becoming that. it's becoming a habit as well and it says a lot about this team that we're scoring so many goals late on i don't know mm. even this season it's been three or four late like within the last five minute goals um showing the fitness showing the desire to get forward and the the bravery i think at this point as well to get on saturday and here to to be a goal to the good to be one goal ahead mm-hmm. but to go and push for a second and to throw numbers forward and the fitness being shown by the players is a massive deal i think it's a massive plus point when you're coming into a period and like John Brady mentioned, I think after the game, you're coming into a winter period where you're going to need that fitness. You're going to need that kind of 90 minute leg or 98 minute leg sometimes to get through it. And I, I think I it's just say, showing though, some, some just, just, it's just a great to, to have that moment at the end. Like you say, if it ends two one yeah. and you, you're going again, Oh yeah, we almost got away with that. Then all like, you know, it almost mm-hmm. feels like we've just got away with something. Whereas it three, one, it feels like, Oh yeah, you know, we're back on form again. We're coming out the ground really happy yeah. because of that last, last late goal. Um, but yeah, it just changes the mindset coming out a little bit. Yeah. I, I will say though, that 
the, the reason why we were able to push on and go for the second and go and try and get a third, fourth, fifth, you know, as we were trying in that first half, is because essentially confidence is high when you've got Jonathan Mitchell Mark II <laughs> in goal for the opposition. I mean... It's unbelievable. <laughs> like for one that mistake... That guy's played in the Premiership, Danny. He did. He was my, it was my FPL reserve keeper for a long time, David Button was for Brighton. <laughs> I had him sat there on my bench. Um, oh. But for one mistake to happen in a game is one thing. For two is an, is Jonathan Mitchell's standards. For three is just madness. Because he did pull off, to be fair, a couple of saves after that, like in between. <laughs> but it would just be remembered for one of them nights. And to, be, to be fair, every single goal again in that game against Reading was goalkeeper error. Yeah, every it was sing- Including theirs. Because yeah. I, I don't know what Lee Burge is doing. I really don't understand what's happened. Something, there's, there's been, I don't know, maybe there's a fuse that's gone in his mind <laughs> yeah. since the injury where just silly little things are happening. I don't know whether it's maybe the, maybe it is actually to do with the pressure of, of you know, playing out from the back. Maybe there's a little bit more, you know, pressure on him subconsciously that therefore... Mistakes like that, he, he he's trying to preempt and make sure that a mistake doesn't happen, right? But inadvertently then causes the mistake. Because mm. if he doesn't come out and he just lets the defender deal with it, which is what he should do, then there's no issue. Yeah. And there's no goal. But yeah, I it was it just it's it's amusing to me that four goals out of four. Yeah. are all essentially, you can blame the goalkeeper for each every and every one. However, having said that, I don't want to take away from, you know, any of the goal scorers either. You know, Hoskins, the fact is, is that he is, com- you, it's his confidence. That's mm-hmm. when you know that Sam Hoskins is playing full of confidence is because he takes the shot without caring, without thinking about it. He's in that position and he just goes for it. Because and and that's exactly what we need is because you don't know what's going to happen unless you try. That's what we've been saying as well, isn't it? The last few weeks we've been saying have a go, just keep just have a shot. Because if you don't have a go, you're not going to score. Whereas if you have a go, you don't know what's going to happen. You could potentially score a screamer or something like last, you know, (laughs) all three goals on Tuesday night happen. You know, it's one of those. I mean, I'm so pleased for for the Labrador. You know. Looking back at it, it's not the best finish in the world because it is basically straight at him. But actually, maybe that was the ploy. Maybe there was maybe James Alger knew he'd done his homework on on David Button and 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 knew that basically if you hit it straight at him, he won't save it. But if you try and put it in the corner, he'll miraculously do something good to keep it out. Because he did still make a couple of really good saves in the game. Mm. To keep it at 2-0 during that first half, just like Lee Burge did at the other end, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it was it was comical in a way. And then Mitch Pinnock's, you know, finisher, let's call it. Um, again, it, he's not really got hold of it in the way that he would have wanted to, Mitchy Pins. And yet it was the exactly the right type of content contact rather for it to go in. So, 
you know, amazing. Love it. The confidence Great. is going to be high in the team, which is which is fantastic because, you know, of course, now that's um, that's five goals in the last two games that yeah. have been scored. That's yeah. that's brilliant. When you, yeah, it when you go back they, and look... It doesn't matter how they go in, before. does it? Yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter how they go in. It's just the ball hitting the back of the net. It just gives you confidence, doesn't it? And, and the attacking play that we're playing with as well is great. Like Bowie, I thought was excellent again. He had his left back on toast for the most of the mm. first half. Um, I'm not entirely sure what happened with the red cards <laughs> afterwards. I'm still not sure what happened, but, but apparently, like one of the defenders or one of the subs, sorry, got sent off, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody got sent off, and then he realised that it wasn't. He did wasn't well, supposed to send him off, but then someone after okay. the game said he should have sent him off. <laughs> yeah. So basically, so yeah, the, yeah, first sending off, the, the first sending off, the first sending off, Reading think they should have a penalty. It's when Patrick Brough makes a tremendous tackle to mm. basically take the ball off of a, a, a Reading attacker who is going through on goal. Um, it's not a penalty. It really isn't. It's not even close to being a penalty. It's a superb mm. tackle. But I think you see that it's the kind of position that Reading are in is that they probably you know they they're going to claim for everything but they've gone well over the top and I mean I you know watching on iFollow you don't see you know there were times actually at iFollow where the, the guy that's sort of using the camera has clearly fallen asleep because the game's <laughs> going on and you're looking at the other end of the pitch and you're thinking why hasn't the camera moved either that or he's blowing his nose or something's happening that's <laughs> stopping him from moving the camera anyway um you don't see the bench um but the whole bench were apoplectic. So clearly that player has said something out of order to the fourth official or about the referee or, or whatever. And it does seem to be that he has probably, he said something that's out of line, that's gone far too far and has therefore been sent off. Although I do want to draw your attention, Danny, to who it was that was yes, sent off. Yeah, because someone posted something on the Slack earlier about him, didn't they? Was well, it um, um, was it Matt Knuckles? Uh, yeah, one of the Matts, yeah. yeah. Um, I do believe the last time that he was at, at Sixfields, uh, was he in a Barnet shirt? Yes. Who it was? I'm assuming um, that wasn't the last time he was here. He must have played there since then. But No, 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 Barnett. I think that's the last time he was at Sixfields. Was it? Yeah, it was, it was so. definitely Barnet. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Nicky Adams and uh, I can't remember who what else it was that was lining up to take a free kick, but they go to take, well, they go to take it and he just breaks free of the wall and comes out and kicks the ball away. I think, I think Nicky Adams sort of dummies to sort of take the free kick short by, you know, yeah. doing that little over the, you know, top of the ball, little short roll. He dummies yeah. that or feigns it and, and the guy breaks through from the wall and just goes and then clears the ball and gets... <laughs> Obviously, does he get a booking or does he get sent off? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. He must have got a booking. Anyway, yeah, he got sent off. Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious that he's Great come stuff. back and uh, got sent off without even stepping on the pitch. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, the stuff. other one, which is yet to be cleared up, um, the lad Mola um, is his name. Um, he gets a get, he gets a booking towards the end of uh, around about sort of seventy eight seventy nine minutes. He gets a booking. It's just mm. a you know. A foul that picks up a booking. There's nothing like ridiculous about that or contentious about that booking. He gets booked. And then he basically goes in. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, looking at the, the tackle that he goes in on Leonard right towards the end, 
that's worthy of a red card without it needing to be a second yellow. That 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 should be a straight red card. He goes in, studs up, he flies into Leonard, uncontrolled, off the floor. There's only one one thing that he's looking to do there, and that's an, you know inflict pain on the opponent. So therefore, it should have been a straight red card. But for whatever reason, and referee gives a second yellow, followed by a red card. So the player's going off the pitch. But then all of a sudden, he's called back. Yeah, and. I don't know why. I, at the time, I was thinking, oh, maybe was it a case of mistaken identity? Has somebody else been apportioned the yellow card instead? But he just seemed to just sort of take the red card away and rescind it. But then again, he he also didn't. You know how, like in the Premier yeah. League, when you see the VAR result of the VAR, where the referee takes out the yellow card when he's normally when he's giving a red instead of a yellow, he'll take the yellow card out of his pocket and kind of show it to the player oh. again, but then do that sort of crossing of the hands down by his waist motion yeah. as if to say, no, not a yellow card yeah. and then produces the red. The, the referee didn't seem to sort of get the red card out again and oh, say, no, he did. no, he did do that. He did. Do oh, that, he did yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 He, he brought the red out of his pocket and did the exact same thing, but okay, yellow, fine. Yeah, which is what, so basically everyone. the lad's got two yellow cards now and he's allowed to stay on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, anyway. But again, it, I mean, it's more of a moment of hilarity than anything. If if we're losing at that point, then it's more... Reading should demand point. that the game be replayed. <laughs> yeah, they should. Um, anyway, 13 points from 10. 10 games. Boom. Good return. Really, really solid return. Excellent. Five points clear of the bottom four. But, Charles, mm. five points off the playoffs <laughs> as well, with a game in hand on those blue locks. Oh, down the my word. Hey. <laughs> it started early. No, I'm looking um, up. Looking no. up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think this is exactly where I expected us to be and wanted us to be. Like, and I don't think you necessarily. I think last night proved it. The Lincoln game proved it. The Peterborough game definitely proved it. Anyone who was there at Exeter at, at Cheltenham, that kind of experience would have proven it as well. Is that you don't necessarily have to be in and amongst the top six or seven to be enjoying the season. Like you can finish eighteenth, mm. nineteenth, and still really enjoy the season and I think most of us are enjoying the season the way we're playing the way we've come up and stood up to most tests that have been put in front of us the way that we're playing exactly the same way as we were last season and getting people off their seats and getting people excited and into the game I still don't get why you get so many people who are negative about the style of football or whatever and shouting forwards and sometimes still at 2-0, two, 2-1 two two yesterday there was people around us still moaning I'm like what is going on how how can you not be enjoying it after the dross we've been served up in previous like campaigns, especially at League One level? Like it's so enjoyable to watch, and it's it makes you want to go to games. It makes you happy to have a season ticket, and it makes you really happy and want to go to away games because it just feels like in, on any given Saturday or Tuesday we can get a result and we can play well, and it's just such an enjoyable thing to to experience at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I mean, I don't know if you ask. I don't know. I look at the table here. Um, I don't know if you ask Cambridge fans or Burton fans or maybe Blackpool or Charlton fans whether they're enjoying their season so far. I think that you might get a different... But I guess it It's depends. all about context, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about yeah, context. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's 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 one of those. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted. I, I am very aware, by the way, that, I mean, I, I've been listening to an awful lot of... Um, newsy kind of podcasts Ooh. today um and and the <laughs> term flip-flopping 
<laughs> yeah, flip-flopping has come up an awful lot. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm very aware that I am probably one of the biggest flip-floppers that I know in terms of, you know, reveling in the amazingness of victories, back-to-back victories and stuff. And then we go and lose 1-0 to <laughs> Port Vale, for example, and it's the end of the world kind of thing. So I, 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 I hold my hands up. I am an emotional, you know, person. And, and I do sometimes, you know, go a bit OTT. But hey-ho, that's... That, that's life of me as a football fan i guess it's it's one of those but i am enjoying it it's good fun and it's good seeing the style of play that we're playing and it, the other thing that's good and i know you agree with this is that the group of players we you know you just feel that connection that they're all likable guys and mm-hmm. and you know yeah it's it's good fun and the really fact is all, good fun. Uh, the majority of them have come through from last season as well helps mm-hmm. a lot um, and yeah, we're going to be missing things sometimes. We're going to be missing, like we're going to moan about defeat sometimes. And yes, we're going to lose. And we're going to lose games, and we're going to complain that we haven't got a number ten or a, like a striker who's hitting twenty goals or whatever. But in general, it's such a likable team that they seem to be able to bounce back pretty quickly and mm. come up with something to make you happy again pretty soon after that defeat. So um, yeah, really, really enjoying it. And one thing before we go to a break and talk about Shrewsbury, mm. um, social media. Um, stepping up their game a lot I've got to say because not only have we got goal cam mm. we've also had fan cam for the last couple Ooh. of games have you seen the fan cams fan cam. I've, I've fan not actually seen the fan yeah. cams but I like the idea great, of it yeah. is this a bit like how Sky Sports used to do <laughs> the uh, the fan alternative commentary oh no we need to get that in as well at some point but <laughs> like just 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 the camera pointed at one fan no, throughout no, no, the game no. they pick a fan at <laughs> random just pick one fan. and hope they Imagine. don't do something really bad <laughs> at any point like you just, couldn't do that with me because at some point <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i will tell somebody to f off <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no um it's basically just positioned by the stands okay. on a group of fans. They did it for Exeter. They did it for this one. But now we've got bench cam as well. Bench cam. I love bench, bench cam. cam. Love it. You see, and that reaction from John Brady for the third goal, I think I messaged you guys and said, yeah. let's check out Brady if you can. If there's any footage of Brady after the third goal, try and capture it. Because that sums up that relief that everyone felt in the ground and how passionate he still gets. I think it, it took him like 30 seconds to complain about something on, on Saturday and it's on Tuesday, sorry. Um, and he, the passion that he shows on the sideline is, is so infectious oh, in the, oh, in the after it, the game. Wasn't well. it a throw-in? It, there was a throw-in, I'm sure, the throw-in, and it looked from my really early on, yeah. watching on a iFollow that it should have been a cobbler's throw. Yeah. But it went Reading's way. And John Brady was just off his rocker. Yeah, it was he literally was, about 30 seconds since the game. And you're like that going, do you know what? I love it. I love yeah. the, the the amount of passion. I, I mean, it's the most silly. No, not silly. It's the most small thing. Do you remember the art? Was it a Mars or a Snickers advert that had like them debating whether the ball had gone out for a throw instead of looking at a goal? <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, 20 years ahead of its time in terms of VAR and stuff. But I mean... It was just a ridiculous kind of thing. Oh, yes, but let's look at this, whether this was actually a throw-in or not uh, in the lead-up. And, and, and really, But the fact that he, he cares so much over every little detail yeah. is actually great because, you know, tactically and all of that sort of stuff, it's going to be great. And then to sort of see the... The, the, the positive aspect of his passion, if you like, 
at the goal, the third goal being scored mm. is is brilliant. I will say where the goal, sorry, where the camera is positioned, um, it actually looks at first quite subdued. Like people mm. just stand up, they're sort of looking, and then they go, "Yes, we've scored," and then they part out of the way so you can then see John Brady. Who is going hell for leather, giving yeah. it the fist pumps and all <laughs> yeah. sorts? <laughs> yeah, I just brilliant. kind of caught him love out it. the corner of my eye when I was jumping around. It just <laughs> and it, it's so good. I love it. Um, they need to get a bench cam on the bench for the women's game. That would be uh, a fun one. Uh, Let's just say. <laughs> not sure that they should do that, Danny. I'll be honest with you. Hi, Josh. Get Hi, it Liam. on there. Hi, Liam, especially. Uh, <laughs> Um, right, so let's take a break and then we'll come back, listen to these ads and come back and we'll talk all things Shrewsbury Town. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed those ads. Charles is still here to talk all things Shrewsbury Town. Now, Shrewsbury on Saturday. The New Meadow, is it still called the New Meadow? Or is it yeah, I think sponsor? it's got a sponsor ahead of it now, but it's still the something New Meadow. So, yeah. The, the uh, crowd don't, meadow, give, don't give businesses stuff. Crowd Come on. was crowd. The crowd meadow, as in C R O U D. Don't know what that is. Oh, don't it's know. Some, co- some kind of meadow. Anyway, now you're going to you... make people go and Google it, Danny, yes. and they're going to get hits. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, yes, Shrewsbury, Saturday, away from mm. home. Uh, favorite memories for you, Charles? We usually ask the opposition fan this, but favorite memories of Shrewsbury Town? There's an obvious one from 93, but I don't think you were. Nope. Going at that point. Nope. Not anything my, else. Certainly standard? not away. Not away they're, they're, games anyway. No. They're uh, the kind of club you game. think of as almost on a par with us, don't you, a lot mm. of the time? Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, one of my favourite memories is your stag do, but I wasn't there. So that's, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'll leave you to talk about. Um, there was a one-all draw, and I, I, I think this was back in 2005. I'm just... It's the only one that I can see that was a one-all draw far enough back, I think. Yeah, this is Um, at the Old Meadow, is it? Yeah, so this is what was Gay Meadow. Yeah, exactly. Um, Great ground, loved that down there. Absolutely great ground. Um, I remember going there, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm well, I'm looking at the lineups here that I can see. Joe Hart was in goal. This is the joke, yeah, I think I was there for that one. Shrewsbury, yeah. Yeah. Now, Andy Kirk... um, Scored a penalty against he did. Quite uh, young on, I think. Joe Hart to, to <sighs> equalise, I think, mm-hmm. um, and to send us home happy. Can I just mention, actually, I'm looking at this lineup. Can I just mention the Shrewsbury? There, there are several players that will be known to Cobblers fans. Um, one, yes. Kelvin Langmead, came on in the 89th minute. <sighs> I assume he was um, thrown on up front at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Must have been. Uh, obviously, we know about who Joe yeah. Hart is because Mark of, Stallard. He was Mark Stallard. <laughs> yeah, blimey! Wow. Well, um, just notice anyone else on the bench there, Charles? I'm, I noticed two people on the bench. <laughs> uh, Glyn Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Former cobbler, yeah. and uh, the man that fills my dreams every <laughs> night, Richard Hope. There Did you go on the bench. Yeah. Hope he was there. There he was. Brilliant. We didn't get on. Didn't get on. No, didn't get on. But this isn't named that bench, is it? Um, it it's but, not. But no, that. There you yeah, go. That was, but that, that was, that's um, my memory. I don't know why I remember that game in particular. I think I travelled down um, with friends actually, um, and um, yeah, went to that. I'm pretty um, sure I was ridiculously hungover for this game because I remember yeah. 
almost throwing up in their toilets. Oh. Because I think my dad got me a hot dog. And I'd been like ill on the coach. Just really, you know, that feeling of just being, I, I don't want to be on a coach right now, down to Shrewsbury mm. especially. <laughs> and um, yeah, so not fond memories of that one, but I do remember going to it. Uh, Ian Taylor in midfield, Sean Dyche at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely I mean, stuff. Another another memory. I think that this. I think this this serves me right here. When um, we won at Torquay the last day of the season at, mm. in in two thousand uh, to win promotion from what was then Division Three, we stopped at the service station. Um, you know, somewhere in. I want to say, you know, the West Country, somewhere around there. And I think Shrewsbury had either stayed up or they'd had something. But I remember getting yeah. like a guard of honour. Yeah, from I Shrewsbury think they stayed up. Yeah, it was definitely Shrewsbury fans. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I told one of the Exeter podcasts this week that that was a memory I had of Exeter fans. But then I realised afterwards it was actually Shrewsbury fans. Oh right, okay. No, yeah, <laughs> so I it definitely it was, was fans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but yeah, I think they just stayed up in the league in mm. the in the football league, didn't they? That that day, um, so that was lovely. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Nice moment between okay. they've, they've never do you really want to talk about your stag do now? Or I mean, people know the story, I think, by now. But <laughs> I'll, I'll mention it again in case no one's heard it again. <laughs> but 2011 November, I decided to take ten of my mates to a stag do, starting off with the cobblers game. Well, starting off with the Weatherspoons breakfast, shamefully. Um, but then moving on to the cobbler's game thought it was a good idea you know let's let's take in a cobbler's game to start the afternoon slash evening off just so happened to choose shrewsbury at home seven two <laughs> one of the worst probably the worst home performance in the history of six fields i've got to say <laughs> and um so by the time i'd been dressed up as Supergirl later in the night um dressed up as father ted the the most embarrassing bit of the day had already happened because we just got absolutely trounced that seven two yeah. I think the full game is on YouTube somewhere as well. If anyone wants to go and check that out, <laughs> we'll do a watch along at some point. But the, some of the defending later on, it was horrendous. Um, but I think actually, like four of the goals came in the last ten minutes, so it just got worse. It was only like three two until the last sort of knock into the game. But yeah, we go. Yeah, fun old time. Fun old time that was. Um, let's talk Shrewsbury then going into this week. Steve Cottrell to start off with. We've talked about him on the League One Lounge a little bit and how the decision was made to sack Steve Cottrell at the end of last season. Seems as a baffling decision and even more so now. Yeah. I I, I know that there was... Because this is the thing, right? So it's, it's hard. So we're obviously talking about this from the point of view that, you know, looking from the outside in at it. Mm. So we don't know the whole story here, but essentially um, most of what I saw was Steve Cottrell obviously was really ill for a period of time. And he was basically managing the the team from his hospital bed. Mm. Um, COVID wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he came back from COVID. And the thing is, Shrewsbury have always been, or for the last few years have always been a team or a club in League One, who have been fairly comfortable in just not getting relegated. They've not really done anything else, but they've never really felt like they've, or, or from what I can make out, it doesn't ever feel like they're actually in danger of relegation, but they always sort of, you know, finish around about sort of 17th, 19th, that kind of area. 
And that that is all down to essentially, you know, Steve Cottrell. Now, as far as I can see and could work out when Steve Cottrell left the club, basically the club had just got a bit bored of that happening and felt that a change was needed in order to push them on to the next level. But it... <laughs> And this was the bit that I didn't quite understand. And this is the bit that I think um, our friends at Salopcast, which is the, the fans podcast for Shrewsbury, couldn't quite get either, was the fact that it's all well and good saying let's push on to the next level. But it's not just down to the manager to do that. It's also down to, you know, what's available financially and you know, how it, how the club is off the pitch. And those guys didn't seem to feel like there was any kind of different or, you know, next level of foundation there for anybody to come in and to push them on and to go another step further. And then they announced that it's Matty Taylor that's actually given the manager's job and no disrespect to, you know, a player who, when he was at the Cobblers, I felt his legs were gone, but, you know, could still ping a pass and score a pretty good goal from a free kick every now and again. Um, But he's not exactly lit the world up in a managerial sense. No. You know, he he basically failed at Walsall, didn't he? Um, So I, I don't see why he was the best man for the job, let alone to be able to take them further than what Steve Cottrell, who's an incredibly good and experienced manager, I, I don't really see how that was ever going to work. And, and lo and behold, we're sort of seeing that, well, it's not. And if anything, they've gone back a step because they're looking even worse now. And, and, and they've gone from being fairly, well, we won't get relegated, it's fine, to now being like, oh, shit, this could happen. And obviously that's not, that's not great if you're a Shrewsbury fan. So that's that's my take on it anyway, is that it all seemed to be very, very strange that there was... Also, there was no reason given at the time that Steve Cottrell left. It was just a that statement to say that he'd gone. Wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah and, and, and I know that that got the backs up of several Shrewsbury fans because of how much Cottrell had given to the club on obviously, you know, everything that he'd gone through personally while he was the manager. To get such a short and sharp, snappy, he's gone, done, statement felt really disrespectful. Mm, yeah, it did. And I think when when you do something like that and you've got someone there who's united the fan base again, who's gotten to a point where they finished 12th, I think, last season, they were pushing the playoffs at one point, lost, a, had a bit of a bad run towards the end of the season. But someone who was so popular in the stands and so popular in the, in the dressing room, so it seemed from the outside, if you're going to get rid of someone like that, you've got to bring someone in who's going to be mm. just as big as, like, just as big a character as that and just as someone who's going to make the fan base happy i'm thinking of if we're in their position similar size club like we mentioned mm. if you if you're going to be sort of getting rid of it john brady probably not on the same level in terms of probably more popular than whatever um you're gonna you're gonna have to name someone who's gonna have that unifying effect again and it doesn't seem like matty taylor did from the start has done from the start because he's like i said he's coming from Walsall where 
is gone from being on the edge of the playoffs to almost fighting relegation at one point and mm. from the league below. And you're thinking, how is this going to work? What's the, what's the plan with this? They've got the director of football, Mickey Moore, come in over the summer as well and they've changed the whole structure of it, um, calling Matty Taylor the head coach. I think the first manager to be called a head coach as well. Mm. And it all seems to be this whole new bubble thing that no one really gets what's going on or who's actually in charge of picking the team and who's actually in charge of of tactics and all this kind of thing. And it, it yeah. seems to me looking from the outside and doing the stuff, research and stuff that I'd gone into um, for the previous show uh, that, that the fans are just like, what is, what is happening? What's going on? What's the plan? They're on a really put, they've had a really poor start to the, to the season in terms of the last few games, especially. Mm. And there seems to be a lot of, hodgepodge about it at the moment which is probably <laughs> means a it's a, a john hodgepodge <laughs> about it that means it's i don't i want to whisper it carefully but it's probably a good time to play them away from home especially yeah i think if we're I'd... playing them at six fields there's more of a there's more of a like away fans apathy towards it whereas at home you're going to get if we take the lead on saturday i get the feeling oh, that they're yeah. going to turn like like yeah. that. you can't see that on a podcast but i've clicked my fingers they're going <laughs> to turn like that and it's it could become a bit yeah not nice. I think there's there's a similarity here between or with what has happened at the Cobblers since John Brady took over in terms of, you know, I know John Brady is the manager, that is his job title, but, you know, there is this recruitment committee now as opposed to it just being, you know, levelled on one man, i.e. the manager, and then there's people in the background that, you know, head scouts and things that you're not really aware of, etc. Um but the difference is, is that we've bought into that because it was explained to us and it was, um, you know, we got it. We we got the, the reasons behind doing it. And obviously it helps that, you know, we were doing well in League Two straight away and that John Brady, when he took over, don't forget the back end of that season in League One, you know, we weren't far off actually escaping in the end. Um, and the style of play had changed for the better um, and it was much more easy on the eye than what we'd had to put up with beforehand. But the problem is, is that for Shrewsbury is that there's been no buy-in because of the fact that essentially they don't know what's really going on or the reasons why it's gone on. That, that You know, because of the fact that the way that Steve Cottrell left has meant that they all kind of went, well, why? What, what's he done wrong kind of thing? I don't get this. And therefore you don't, there's no explanation for it. And then there's nothing, you know, moving forward after that either. So similarities, but at the same time, they've done it really badly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And again, you don't want to go too far in on them because you just know how it's going to turn out on Saturday if we do that. But it's their results so far, they haven't scored in the last seven games in the league, which I think if if all the stuff that with Cheltenham hadn't gone on, this would be more in the spotlight. But it seems to have gone a little bit under the radar that they've not scored a goal in September. And then again, on Tuesday night, they've lost 3-0 at Oxford. The yeah. wins that they have had, the three wins they've had before that, 1-0 against Cheltenham, yeah, against Cheltenham, 2-1 against Burton and 1-0 against Fleetwood. Results that you probably expect them to pick up when you look at it on the face of it. And all of the other results have just been by the sounds of it, not the best of performances and just really lacking something up front. So maybe don't expect too many goals on Saturday. <laughs> but it, it does yeah. seem to be a, a, a case at the moment of 
if we go there and play the, the way that we know we start games and we start really getting their faces and start to frustrate the home fans, that's the yeah. best thing we can do, I think, on Saturday. We can't, oh no, we don't sit back anyway, but we can't just let them play. We've got and, to get, and also, we've got to, we've got to go and attack them because their their fans will will turn pretty quickly. I've already seen comments online saying, you know, we can't let a yo-yo team like Northampton come and play. And if they do, like, if we lose to Northampton, that's got to be the end of Taylor. Like seeing us in, in those eyes yeah. of, oh, it's just Northampton, you know, if we can't possibly lose this game as well. If, if they do, then Taylor's got to go. Um, well, it's, it's but, yeah. a bit like, I mean, there's two things that I want to say here, but that, just very quickly, it's a bit like I saw a Reading fan that apparently is from Northampton say that we're we're awful and that he's seen us play numerous times and we're, we're shit. He said this on Twitter and then quite quickly admitted, well, it became apparent that he'd not watched us at all this season apart from the game against Reading where we were obviously the better team for large parts of it and he just basically can't admit to himself mm. that it, Reading were beaten by a better team than then. But anyway, um, <laughs> so it smacks of that a little bit but it's good in a way because it seems like we are taking teams or other we're taking fans of other clubs by surprise mm. because they're expecting something else from us what they had from us in the past you know it, it's taking us a long time to shake off this Keith Curl era oh yeah I people think, still which is horrible most um, fans I speak to have got similar kind of memories of that yeah oh, exactly percentages you do this that and the other and, and that's a good thing I think because yeah, we'll, we'll under, they are still. underestimating us completely. But the other mm. thing, I don't know, have you seen the goals from the yes. Oxford defeat for Yeah, them? more goalkeeper. I mean, fun. Yeah. this is it. I mean, one of them is essentially, you know, that could be Louis Apare chasing down mm. their centre-back. And, you know, it, it looks to me as though the way that we play with that high press and high tempo, I mean, as long as we can, you know, the worry is in a way that, you know, this will be the third game in, you know, space of seven days, in the space of a week, that you would imagine we'd probably remain as unchanged as possible. I mean, it was quite surprising, I think, that we were unchanged on Tuesday night. Um, I was happy that we were, um, but I just thought maybe maybe I'm, maybe I'm com- um, conditioned to expect multiple changes to make sure that we rest people. But hopefully John Guthrie will be okay. I know he went off a little yeah, more precautionary than anything. To be fair. He looked like he walked off fairly well. Yeah. But like, you can't really tell, can you? Hopefully it's not well, that's bad. It. When he did go off, we looked a little bit more all over the place. Yeah. So hopefully we'll, you know, we'll be unchanged. But, you know, if we just go and play the way that we do, especially if we're quick out of the blocks, I think we will we will terrify them into a mistake, which is essentially what our game plan is an awful lot from the beginning of games. I think realistically, if you look at it, the only game we didn't manage to do that was Port Vale. And we, we, we lost it and felt like we whimpered a little Mm. bit with that because I think we didn't manage to impose ourselves in that way. And I think credit to Port Vale for that, but also there was a bit of lacklusterness from us as well at the same time, which was admitted by everybody. Um, So as long as we go and put in a similar performance, what we did on Tuesday night, then I'm not worried in the slightest about this game. I'm not going to write Shrewsbury off, but when you look at all of the record, I I genuinely actually hadn't realised that they hadn't scored for that many games. Um, and I, I don't know why, because I did look to see, you know, what their record had been so far this season. But I think I just kind of blurred over the fact that they hadn't scored and therefore it was just, you know, I was looking at when did they last pick up a point and essentially that was against Charlton. And I think... Was that Charlton game the first one for their new manager? 
Um, Possibly, yeah. So, I mean, or it's pretty early on in the new manager's tenure, at least. So, I mean, Charlton haven't started well either this season. Um, so, all of their points have basically come from teams that are in and around them. Now, obviously, that, that will include us. We are in and around where they are. Um, so that's a little bit of a worry, but I think we're better than where we are um, in terms of how we play. Mm. We were saying a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, that we need to score more goals. And as I said before, five in two games now. So we are scoring more goals. Yeah, and they're coming from everywhere as well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, and I, I think that it's just going to be a case of the same again, please, cobblers. Mm. And, and if we can manage that and and not be you know dead on our feet after these last two games then then i think we will i think we might be favorites oh blimey favorites only for the game i'm not we're not winning the league already (laughs) yet Uh, um i'm not making the trip i'm not going to be able to do too many way goes this season you're you making the trip charles not i'm not really annoyingly because obviously it's quite well Say it's close. It's it's only an hour away to get to Shrewsbury. I normally would go, but yeah. uh, I'm in an event all day on Saturday. In fact, two events all day. Ooh. So giant book yeah. festival? Is it? Uh, no, no, no giant books. No. Um, I'm just being, you know, very popular. With it's not the Conservative people. Party conference, is it? Uh, no, but it is in Manchester. I think they'll have gone home. I'm hoping they've <laughs> gone home by the time that I get there. Oh, there'll still Saturday. be a few of them milling around trying to yeah. rip up train tracks Probably. and stuff yeah. um if you were going I mean, though, I'm, I'm never going to be able to go anywhere south of manchester <laughs> again by the of today's news but anyway not quickly anyway no. um for apparently they've got a fan zone we usually ask our um, our opposition fan for where to eat and drink for away games they've got a little bit of a zone fan it. zone going on um live music apparently it goes on there as well which um away fans are supposedly invited to they've got little um pub tables outside little benches little stage david david pear on the guitar or david pear <laughs> <laughs> slightly couple of pubs apparently within walking distance i'm just going by the footballgroundguide.co.uk the wild pig apparently just off uh mioli brace island about five minute walk away uh big screens match days <laughs> the, the flipping I fish th- and chip shop is there oh because I think yeah. with the, with the new meadow, it's a bit weird. Like I normally park there's there's a roundabout. So basically, the stadium is on this long road that seems to lead to nowhere apart from the stadium. Mm. Um, but there's a roundabout, and there's like a petrol station and maybe a used car sales garage behind it. That's where I normally park, and you normally pay like a fiver or whatever it was. It'll you know inflation and everything would be more than that these days, more than likely. But you and then walk up to the ground. But I don't remember there being anything on the way to the ground whatsoever. So I'm quite pleased that there's a fan zone mm-hmm. at the stadium now because it's. I, I appreciate what you're saying is that there are pubs around, but I think they're probably a little bit further away than than than, than you believe that they are based on mm-hmm. just what you see on the internet. So go and make use of the fan zone. Yeah, fan zone, yeah. yeah. Um, predictions then? For mm. this one, you were you're quite bold in your statement, saying we're we're favourites. Bold. Uh, that's quite rare. I think it's going to be quite rare this season. But I am getting a nice feeling about this one, as if we can go there and really start pissing off some home fans. 
<laughs> quite early on. Get get that early goal. Sneak okay. a second. I think I'm going to go two nil for this one. Do you know? I mean, get it in there. Yeah, I I I, I think it's going to be comfortable. Oh God, oh, digging my digging my own hole here, aren't I? I mean, it's going to be my fault if this. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit like how. James Hennigan had tweeted out saying, oh, we're in the best injury position that we've been yes. in all season <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. before the Reading game. And then John Guthrie goes off injured. I did give him a little bit of friendly <laughs> stick on Twitter for that, just to remind. Thanks for that, James. Cheers, mate. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm well aware. I'm, but I think 2 nils are fair. I can't, Shrewsbury aren't going to score. If they do, it will be because of another goalkeeping error. And I have trust in Lee Burge. He's made that mistake. The mistake's been made. It's out of his system. James Alger will work on him or work with him, I should say, um, to make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen again. It was just a silly decision for him to come out. Mm. That was all it was. There's a lack of communication there between him and, was it was it Manny Monte that yeah, uh, was, a bit of was a, running back or sharing? Yeah. I can't remember which it's one. A but just a rush of blood to the head, wasn't it? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's come out. He's made a decision to come out when he shouldn't have done. He should have just stayed on his line and let the defender deal with it. But that is, uh, you know, it's gone now and I don't expect him to do the same. So, uh, it, yeah, I, I hope, touch wood, I don't know if you can hear that, but touching wood that <laughs> no more no more mistakes mm-hmm. from the back. Um so, so I will go. You haven't had a prediction from me yet now. Have I haven't. You, you no. went 2 0. You've stolen my scoreline. Uh, I've been filibustering to try and work out whether I can go to 3 0 or not. And I've decided I can. Go on, get up there. Get do you know what? Me. We're going to score. Sammy's going to get another one because he can do it in League One. And <laughs> um, Tyrese is going to come off the bench oh. and get a brace. Blimey. I'm starting to I'm starting to see why you like him so much, Danny. Oh, that miss on Tuesday, though. I mean, I was almost on the pitch, thinking, "Go on, here it is, here it is." <laughs> you you call it a miss? Oh. I actually think it was a good it was a, save. It was a pretty decent save. Yeah, it but, was a good save. But he, still, you want him to bury that kind of thing. Yeah, of course early, you do. You? But, but yeah. I think the only reason that the only way that he would have been able to have uh, scored that was if he dinked it, and I don't think he's that confident. It's not a dinker, is he? I he's not a dinker. Down as dinker is a power he, he, shot. He did everything right there. The goalkeeper's foot is just in the way, so I put that down as a good <laughs> save. Pro, uh, Button did something right. Nearly call him Dave Prutton then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have been better than Dave Button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0. Three whole goals to nil. Six, six points in a way. No, it'd be nine, nine. points out oh. of nine. Imagine that. We'd be E-I-E-I-E-I-O-ing. Yeah. At Up this the point, mid-table league we're going. Knowing what we know about Shrewsbury now and what a, not a state, but what a low on confidence they are, mm. would you take a point or not? If you got offered it, based on the fact we got six this week already, would you begrudgingly take a point still, or would you think three has been a bit of a state? It's a good chance to go and get three. Being pragmatic, you would definitely take seven points from nine. Yeah, definitely. You're right in terms of knowing what we know. It, it's the best chance we've got of taking getting three wins in a row, and. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we have to go there confident in the ability to go and get three points. And I think I think 
we are confident of doing that. I think it's just um, it's that thing where you know what's what could happen from my point of view. You know, I'm sat here thinking, you know, this, this people can listen back to this at any point they want to, and they could turn and take it and make a meme of it or whatever, and remind me for years to come and tell me it's my fault. It's that bit that worries me. I don't want to be the uh, the person that predicted a really comfortable 3-0 win only for it to end up like your stag do, for example. Um, so, you know, that, that's that's where my worry is, is that by me predicting something like that, it would be silly. Normally I'm quite tepid with my predictions unless I'm quite clearly taking the mick and going for a ridiculously high score when I'm on an opposition pod. But mm. uh, yeah, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it this weekend. We're on a good bit of form. They're not. And mm. why not? Why not? It would be good to go into, these, in, into the international break with three wins on the back on the pounce. Wouldn't it? <sighs> <laughs> all them. I mean, inter- Port, all them internationals we all know can Portsmouth go- have called it off. Don't we? Let's be honest. They're running scared. scared. Yeah. I don't want their unbeaten record. Get back on your boats. Go yeah. on. Blimey, you have been to the Conservative Party conference, haven't you? Blimey, jeez. <laughs> Portsmouth is a naval town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Um, but that's it, 3-0. Um, also, before we go, Charles, another big weekend for NTFC women, of course. Oh, I thought that's... you were going to talk about Penny Morden's speech. Sorry, No, I wasn't, on. no. She can... Yeah. Um, <laughs> she could hold a sword. Go on, yeah, she... go and hold a sword somewhere. <laughs> Uh, NGFC women hosting Sutton Coldfield Town at Sixfields on Sunday. First game at Sixfields this season. One thirty kickoff, so be careful of that because it's usually 2 o'clock. Don't get there late. Get there, soak up the atmosphere. It's going to be a good afternoon of football for the women. Got back on track last week with a 5-0 win. Hopefully in the goals again. They do like playing at Sixfields. Unbeaten so far. I think we might have won every game as well at Sixfields, from what I remember. Um, it's a really, really good afternoon in store for them as well. Good luck to them. Let's get that three points back on the board for them as well. Make it a double up weekend again. Charles, thank you for joining me as my default Shrewsbury fan. Thank week. you for having me. Uh, I'll put my Shrewsbury cap away and away. Uh, yeah, leave it there for another year. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Patrons, you're from the Vaults. Blog is out now. I wonder which game against Shrewsbury it could possibly be this week. Um, our match review also up on cobblers2me.com as Danny well. Stadu, by the way. <laughs> it's not. It's definitely not. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday to reflect on the Cobblers men's team against Shrewsbury and the NTFC women's game against Sutton Coldfield Town. So do get on there to support both sides if you can. Let's go for another big weekend. We'll see you after the weekend. See you then. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.